Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. All right, y'all, welcome to the All Things Bucks podcast. It's your co-host, CJ. Follow me on Twitter at CoreyJ863. And your co-host, Corey. Follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. So we got week two wrapped up in the books, and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-0. Man, we haven't been 2-0 since 2010. It's a great feeling to know that your team can go out there and compete with the best in the NFL, the best in the NFC, and come out with a W. Oh, yeah, definitely. I uh, I truly didn't expect us to be 2-0 at this point because, like they said, in the modern era, this has been the toughest three-game schedule in NFL history. And with that, like you said, we're 2-0 for the first time since 2010. And I'm truly, truly ecstatic about that. Same here. I tempered my expectations the last couple years. I've been super excited about this team. Always have them with 10, 11, or maybe even 12 wins on the past couple seasons. But this season, I, I was like, I'm going to just relax. I'm going to see what they do. Because I know we have the pieces. I know what kind of talent we have on the roster. But I'm not going to let them get me too amped up until I see it on the field. And after week two, we've seen it on the field. Yeah, definitely. Last year, we had our expectations up. We were like, oh, yeah, we're on hard knocks. We're going to do all this. We're going to go 12-4. and four. We're going to make the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. Well, this year, we didn't get our expectations up. We were like, okay, our quarterback is suspended for the first three games of the year. Um, we have a brand-new defense. We're not sure who's going to be calling the plays, whether it's going to be Monken or Cutter. So to be 2-0 and after the Eagles game was something that, shut up a lot of people it definitely shut up the national media they're all hopping on our bandwagon right now i'm like okay i like it and all but i don't want to hear you talk about us because all off season long you've been talking like oh tampa bay is going to be run to the ground they're going to be one and 15 two and 14 so now that we're two and oh i don't want to hear it from you guys exactly we've had so many different predictions we saw for our season one and 15 three and 13 four and 12 no one really gave us a chance. There was no expert out there that gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a chance to even compete this season. And look at us now. It's only week two, going on week three. But you have to be very confident in our chances going for the rest of the season with the talent they've displayed in these past two games. And you mentioned again, Todd Munkin, who's the play caller, uh, took over for Dirk Carter. Dirk Carter put his ego aside and allowed Todd Munkin to call these plays. And it's no longer a fluke. It's no longer a, a question mark. His play calling is making a dramatic difference in this team's offensive output. And it's showing every Sunday when they line up. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Todd Munkin is, is the difference maker right now. 
Uh, when Dirk Cutter was calling the offense, we were so predictable. We'd run the ball the first two downs, and then we'd pass on third down, and that would put us in a third and long predicament, and majority of the time, we'd go three and out. Well, now with Todd Munkin calling the plays, you never know what's going to happen, and we saw it on Sunday because the first play of the game, we ran a play-action pass, and we threw a bomb to Deshaun Jackson. He took it 75 yards for the touchdown. Todd Munkin is doing wonders with every single weapon that he has on this offensive side of the ball. And mentioning that as well, we have so many weapons that Coach Carter had to let the media know. Cam Bray, Adam Humphreys, it's not their time right now. We have so many offensive weapons that we even have a second-round pick in Ronald Jones not active on game days because we have so many weapons and so many pieces. And it's a luxury to have, and it's a good problem to have. So I'm looking forward to that trend continuing. And once again, I will reiterate, we have the best pass-catching core in the NFL. And you're seeing more experts say that as well. But I've been preaching that. We got the best from top to bottom wide receiver tight ends. And they're out there making plays, and they're out there making me sound like Jalen Ramsey. Sound like a prophet. What I say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely agree with you on that. We have the best receiving core in the NFL, top to bottom. You could argue that the Kansas City Chiefs are up there with us, but in my opinion, not being biased, the Bucks one to six, including our tight ends, have the best receiving core in the NFL. And it's shown the first two weeks as our receivers and OJ Howard have gotten big time play in the past, which has really affected the game because we haven't had to run the ball as much with Peyton Barber and Jacquez Rogers, Sean Wilson. Like you said, Ronald Jones is a second round pick and he's not even active on game days because of the weapons that we have. That's how crazy it is. Definitely. And we're just going to segment right into uh, and transition right into to, to the offense. We're going to go through um, the game notes from Sunday, how we felt about the offense, defense, and the special teams for this podcast. And then we're going to have a podcast later this week to preview the Monday night matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so with the offensive performance, Fitzmagic once again, looking like the MVP of the league, came out, threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns. Man, it's, it's, it's really amazing that he's, he's kept this up for two weeks in a row. Deshaun Jackson mentioned it on NFL Live this evening. It's like playing NBA Jam. Fitzmagic got the hot hand and he's on fire. So we just riding this hot wave, and, and all we care about is wins. So we're really excited that uh, Fitzmagic is keeping the magic tricks coming. Love the outfit after the post game that he stole from Deshaun. <laughs> you know, he had all the taco meat out. He had all the taco meat out on display at the press conference. I'm trying to get the mob together uh, along with Captain Fear. Definitely have a lot of people for that Monday night game to come out dressed as Ryan Fitzpatrick post-game attire. I think it'll be uh, pretty cool to have a whole sea of Bucks fans dressed like that and uh, going out for that game. It'll be, it'll, it's going to be a real fun atmosphere. But the offense, uh, back to the, the game Sunday, Deshaun Jackson, 125 receiving yards, 129 um, to be exact, with a 75-yard touchdown catch to open the game. O.J. Howard, 75-yard touchdown catch and run 
with great blocking down the field from Chris Godwin, but it just shows you the wheels that he has. Oh yeah, big time blocking. And and Mike Evans, he he had a little roller coaster of a game, but he iced the game with that catch, um, pretty much at, at the end there. So the offense is is rolling. Yeah, our offense is definitely clicking right now. You mentioned Fitzmagic. He has eight passing touchdowns in the first two games, 400 yards in each of the games. He's the first player in NFL history, I believe, to have four passing touchdowns and 400 yards passing in the first two games. So that goes to show that he is the hot hand right now. We're 2-0 and for a reason. The passing game is wide open. Fitzmagic is the move right now. Uh, you touched on his post-game press conference attire that he stole from Deshaun Jackson. I think that was very clever. Good Morning Football even picked up on it. They had their analysts dressed like him. That was hilarious. Um, O.J. Howard going down the field on that 75-yard touchdown pass. Chris Godwin's downfield blocking was the sealer for that touchdown because if Godwin does if Godwin quits on the play and OJ Howard has to continue running down the field, I'm not so sure that he's going to get past Malcolm Jenkins. So Godwin had the motor and I was very impressed with the way that he continued because some players in the league would just stop after O.G. Howard made the catch, but Godwin just kept going with him. Mike Evans, like you said, 10 catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. He did have one fumble trying to go for yards after the catch, but... That's not his game. No, yards after the catch. Just go down. Yeah, Mike, uh, he also had that easy drop, but like you said, it's a roller coaster with him. He had that catch that pretty much sealed the deal for us in the fourth quarter. Um, for some reason, the clock stopped because of the penalty, even though it was a completion, uh, which kind of threw us in a predicament because the Eagles had no timeouts, but the clock stopped, so they technically got an extra timeout. But uh, we ended up winning anyways. Chris Godwin had a touchdown wide open in the end zone. We have too many weapons. We've talked about it. This offense is flourishing. And you said Deshaun Jackson talked about it where it's like NBA Jam. The hot hand is Fitz. Let's ride the hot hand. There is no quarterback controversy in Tampa Bay. You will ride the hot hand until the hot hand gets cold. This is Jameis Winston's team. Jameis Winston is okay with what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing right now. We as fans are okay with what Ryan Fitzpatrick is doing right now do not mess up the flow and I believe it all comes down to Todd Munkin on the offensive side and you can see it it's night and day difference from last season exactly I just want to uh, mention if you guys go on to uh, Gil Garcia and his team at Bucks Nation um, they had a great article just showing the difference Todd Munkin is making between the quarterbacks on our roster so if anyone has been actually paying attention to the difference that this man has made for our offense it's been light years between and night and day between last year and this year all of our quarterbacks this preseason completed 70 percent of their passes all, all our quarterbacks were at the top of the league in the preseason and i know you take the preseason with a grain of salt but the proof is in the pudding it has actually translated to the regular season and i don't see any way there will be a drop off even if the coaching staff decided to put Jameis in come week four. But I believe they'll wait to after the bye week to get them back with the team, get everything settled in, and move on from there because this is Jameis Winston's team. Uh, after a win, there's not too many bad things you could point out, especially with the offense putting up numbers like they did again. 
But, Corey, what did you see um, that were some areas of improvement for the offense? Uh, we really didn't have to run the ball much like I talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, 16 rushes for 22 yards is not ideal for Peyton Barber, but it's also because we were running the ball when it was predictable that we were going to run the ball. We were up 27-7. to The Eagles knew we were going to run the ball, so they were going to stack the box to come and get Peyton Barber. So that is something that I think we do need to improve on the offense. The passing game is working, yes, but we need to run the ball a little bit more, get a little balance going so that they truly don't know if we're gonna run or pass yeah I completely agree with that uh we definitely opened the game um passing and we showed that we can move the ball in them but once it was time to run and run out the clock and try to win back time of possession during the game our offense couldn't get it done and I actually believe the offense put the defense in a couple bad situations not only with the turnovers but not being able to run the ball to keep them off the field um that's the catch 22 with having explosive plays, you get one play for 75 yards, now your defense is right back on the field, and and it's tiring when you're playing in 100-degree weather out here in Tampa. So it's one of those things where, you know, you're, you're excited for the production that you're getting from the passing game. You like what the, the offense is doing, but you would like a little bit more balance in the running game, especially once you have a big lead to keep their offense off the field and to keep our defense fresh uh, so that they can give out their best performance against the opposing offense. Yeah, you touched on it a little bit, Corey, when you said that it's over 100 degrees down there on the field. Uh, Tiki Barber was reporting, I think he said it was 105 heat index down there. People were saying that it was the hottest game that they've ever attended in Tampa Bay, which is absolutely insane as I've gone to about 17 years worth of games and I've been to a lot of the hot ones, but that's that's crazy. And when you say we get one play, 75 yards, explosive plays, it makes the defense go right back on the field and it takes a toll on their body but I think that they were ready for it especially since we practice in this type of weather the team that comes in does not so they're a little weary of the weather um I believe that's also why we wear the white jerseys because the players can stay a little cooler than the opposing team yeah that's definitely a factor in why early in the season for home games we um tend to wear the all white so that it can help with staying cool in the heat. So I want to jump right into the, the defensive notes here. Uh, defense played, I think they played a hell of a game. They were able to get to the uh, the quarterback, Nick Foles, get a little pressure, cause some turnovers. I think we had a couple injuries in this game where we had some guys step up off the bench. Jordan Whitehead came in. Um, he, played, he played well. I thought he made a, a few um, big plays. Also, Marcus Williams, who we uh, just signed, number 22, he was out there. Uh, his first play, he got into the game. Ryan Smith, Ryan Smith had went down for a second, and um, Marcus Williams came into the game and made a big tackle, stop on third down. So uh, those guys really stepped up um, and, and showed me something because I thought we were going to get torched. I was like, oh, we starting the rookies, and we got Ryan Smith starting. I don't know, man. <laughs> but they, they, they allowed them to play their game. Played a little press man coverage, and and it, and it worked out for us. And and I like the aggressiveness that Mike Smith was Mike Smith was willing to show um, with the players on the field. 
Yeah, there was definitely um, a lot of worries from both the media and the fans when it came to depth for this game. We were going with a bunch of rookies out there on the field. Like you said, a few players got injured throughout the game. Chris Conti got hurt, which threw Jordan Whitehead into the fire. But I think that both Chris Conti and Jordan Whitehead had solid games. Um, Justin Evans had a very solid game. Carlton Davis had a solid game. Levante David and Quan Alexander, as always, had a solid game. Our defensive line had solid games. We had three sacks on the Eagles. The Eagles only threw for 334 yards and one touchdown. So I would say that's a win for our defense, even though they did rush for two touchdowns. But the rushing yards, they only ran for 91 yards. So that's not that much against us. They, um, With the challenges that we were facing, I think they stepped up to the plate. And I want to point out one player, and especially Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith, he's gotten a lot of heat from everyone throughout the offseason and the training camp and the preseason because they say, oh, he can't play corner. He's not very good. He needs to stick as a gunner. Well, I believe this game, he shut us up. He stepped up to the, oh yeah, he definitely stepped up to the plate. I will be critical of the field play, and this week, I have nothing bad to say about Ryan Smith. The boy balled out. He stepped up to the plate. He had nine tackles, including, we'll get into it later, but he had two special teams tackles as a gunner uh, and two pass deflections. Uh, They really didn't throw at Ryan Smith, which was surprising. They threw a lot over the middle. They threw dump-off screens to try and get past us, but nothing really deep on us, which was very surprising compared to week one where Drew Brees was torching up Carlton Davis and our rookies. So this week was definitely an improvement, in my opinion, from the defensive side of the ball. Definitely. You can see the confidence in the players. Um, they, were out, they were playing with, with some swagger out there. So you can see the confidence yeah, definitely in some their swagger. play uh, coming out there. And they were hyped up. I mean, you have the defending Super Bowl champs coming into our house for the home opener. And who wouldn't get hyped up for that game? And it's a lot of eyes that was watching uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week to see if they could replicate um, week one's performance and come out and, and have a good game and come out with the victory. And they, they were ready. And I thought, too, late in the game, especially because it was we mentioned the weather is hot, that a lot of the defensive players, because they've been on the field so long, they were getting tired. I seen a couple guys loafing late. Uh, you mentioned they had two touchdown runs on us. I think that was a product of the defense being tired because on that, that first touchdown run with their backup running back, I could just see the defensive line. They were dog tired. And we we have a couple guys hurt. And also, um, is it Mitch Mitch Unrine? Mitch Unrine and Bo Allen. Yeah, they, they got hurt. Um, Bo Mitch, Allen, Unrine's, got- Mitch Unrine's out for the first eight weeks. But Bo Allen, yeah, he had a foot injury. But he still played. He got hurt during the game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we had, a, we had a lot of guys uh, step up. But they were on the field. A lot in this game and and you could tell especially with the Eagles keeping drives alive going forward on fourth down I was like are they playing Madden like what's happening we have them stopped and they're going for every fourth down now it seems so yeah that's Doug Peterson style though he likes to roll the dice and majority of time it worked on us but there was a few plays where they couldn't convert on fourth down the biggest conversion that they would have on fourth down was Nick Foles doing a quarterback sneak on fourth and one or fourth and inches. I mean, we should be expecting a quarterback sneak, but you never know what's going to happen on fourth down. So, And speaking of that, our defensive line stepped up to the plate this game. Gerald McCoy and Jason Pierre-Paul both had a sack. I love their, I love their little 
little celebration together. Um, I think JPP brings a different type of aggressiveness to this defensive line. He brings a swagger that we haven't had in a long time. So that is a positive for them. Um, I think it's building their confidence. They're playing together every week. It's getting more chemistry between them. So this is definitely something that we need to look out for in the weeks to come. Definitely. Uh, so I, I, I'm excited to see how they progress through the rest of the season and going into next week uh, for for that Pittsburgh Monday night game. They're definitely going to get better. Via Vea uh, update today is that he's getting closer to coming back. We definitely need him in the middle of the field. We could have used him on that fourth that fourth down quarterback sneak. Uh, we could have used. Yeah, that's a big body. We yeah, definitely could have used, used in the middle to, to stop. But like you said, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with him. We'll find out throughout the week when the team practices. Right now, it's just a uh, okay word of mouth. Ian Rappaport reported that Vita Vea was getting closer. He was possibly going to practice this week, but we'll see throughout the week exactly what happens with him. Exactly. So let's go right into uh, special teams here. Ryan Smith, I think he had a, a phenomenal day, not only on defense, on special teams. That big hit, big tackle. Um, as Two a huge tackles the in punt. the fourth quarter as a gunner. Yeah. Two huge ones that pinned him deep in their own territory that ended up giving us the victory because they were in deep in their territory and couldn't get out of it. Exactly. And Brian Anger, man, he's Mr. Reliable as, as our as our punter consistently getting good punts off he's an mvp as our punter he averaged he had six punts for 246 yards or 260 yards excuse me with an average of 43.3 yards a punt i think that's phenomenal for a punter i mean the eagles punter had um booming kicks as well but i think that we are set when it comes to punter and i believe that brian anger should not touch the field a lot because our offense is flowing. But when he does, he always is dependable. He'll pin them deep in their own territory. And two, at the end of the game, because of that penalty that was called, the pass interference penalty that was called on Mike Evans. Well, not on Mike Evans, the defender on Mike Evans. So it stopped the clock, meaning we had to run out the clock and then actually punt it back to them. So um, Brian Engel with, with a great punt to get them on the 10. And they only had, what, 20 seconds to go, 90 yards for a touchdown score to tie the game. I, You know, crazy things have happened, so I still had to hold my breath. But that makes it much more difficult for an opposing offense to, to make a play and to try and have a miracle happen um, against our defense. Yeah, definitely. And since we're still on the special teams topic, let me hop into Chandler Catanzaro. Um, three for four on extra points. He didn't attempt a field goal this game because our offense kept driving down the field and scoring touchdowns or we would punt the ball. But do you think there's a kicking, kicking issue in Tampa still, or do you think it's just, they're trying to get chemistry still with the long snapper and the holder and the kicker? In my opinion, I think that there's no kicking issue. Chandler Catanzaro has been very reliable throughout his career. So I think that it's just, they're trying to build the chemistry up still between the three of them. Same. Um, I think we don't need to create a kicking controversy. As you saw this past week around the league, you had two kickers who were cut because they missed game-winning field goals for the Browns and also for, I believe, the Minnesota Vikings. So Minnesota Vikings, yeah. yeah so Minnesota Vikings cut their kicker and signed uh, Dan Bailey. So it, it hasn't cost us any games yet. Of course, you would like 
to see our kicker go perfect. But let's not create any controversy um, or any cause of concern. I, I would like to see our kicker go perfect. But around the league, the kickers aren't perfect. So we're right where we need to be. As long as our offense keep putting up the points and the numbers that they're putting up, we will be in good shape and good to go uh, with, with the kicking game. So I think we, we covered anything. Is there any last-minute uh, points of emphasis you want to make about the game on Sunday? No, not really. We touched on everything from offense to defense to special teams. I think that um, going into the Steelers game, which we'll touch on the next podcast, uh, it's very huge. Like we said, we're 2-0 and right now. We're first in the NFC. We're at the top of the NFC South. We're riding the hot wave. We continue to do it. I believe that we have a good chance of beating the Steelers, but we'll get into that next podcast. Definitely. I'm looking forward to it because that's a, that's a big game. Monday night, you're going to be in the house. I'm going to get to go to the game, and I'm coming dressed as Fizz Magic. I'm, I'm coming dressed as Fizz Magic. Taco meat out. And we're not playing. You fit, you fit the part with that with your beard, and, so and that's perfect. I normally grow my beard around late september october for the year and i started early this year so i was like well look at well look at that right on time for me to wear my fist magic outfit for the game so i can look the part instead of fist magic you know just call me black magic you know what i'm saying just call me black magic when i come out there. <laughs> call me black, black magic. magic that that's pretty yeah, funny yeah, have a good time uh, for that game this upcoming monday night i'm looking forward to our preview of the game so uh make sure you guys look out for the podcast uh, make sure you go follow our pages on Twitter. Follow the podcast page at ATB Podcast underscore. Follow the All Things Bucks page at All Things TB Bucks. And hey, interact with us on Twitter. Ask us questions, any advice, any improvements, anything you want to hear about the podcast, any ideas that you would like to share. Let us know. We're open books. We're excited about the Bucks just as you are because we are. For the fans, by fans. We love RT. Mm-hmm. That is correct. And don't forget to follow Corey on Twitter at CoreyJ863. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. Go Bucks, everybody. Go Bucks.